0: Hey, everybody out there. I hope that you are being blessed. I know things are a little bit different right now. And can I just be honest? I am truly missing giving you all high fives. So can you help me out for just a moment? Let's do some virtual high fives. Go ahead and stick up your hands. Get off that couch. Come on, come on. Get off that couch. Everybody stick off your hand. Come on, give me five. There we go. High five, uh-huh. There we go. High five over there. You back there who's this, who chose not to get off the couch. Come on, get up. Give me a five. Here we go. Let's give that elbow bump for those who don't want to high five right now. And I know some of you guys are more into hugs and things like that. So we'll do a virtual hug. You ready? Remember this from the 90s? Put your right hand over your left shoulder and your left hand over your right shoulder and just give a big old squeeze. And there we go. We just gave you virtual hugs. I really hope that you are blessed and encouraged by the worship service that we just had and that you guys are doing well, and that you're staying connected with the things that we're trying to do to stay engaged with you. And I hope that through this difficult time, you are being blessed. But we need to celebrate because you know what today is? Today is Palm Sunday. Today is the day that Jesus came through his triumphal entry into the city of Jerusalem when it all began to go down, when great things began to happen. And I hope that you are excited for this week because this week reveals victory. But right now we're continuing on our message series, Not So Innocent Bystanders. And today we're gonna talk about beginnings. You know, some of the end and new beginnings that we face. Can I just be real with you for a moment? I was not always the best child. In fact, I remember one time when I was a kid and it was getting late in the evening and I was still in the driveway playing with my neighborhood friends and we were throwing the rocks from the driveway because we were just being young and stupid. And I remember I picked up this one rock and I just flung it. And it was the perfect throw. I just watched in slow motion that rock go flying through the air and it hit my dad's car, the side mirror, and it completely shattered the side mirror. And I was so scared by what just happened. I ran into the house. I ran upstairs to my bedroom. I quickly put on my PJs and jumped in bed. And my parents knew at that moment that something was up because Bill did not just come running ever into the house and jump into bed. So my mom came up to ask me, Bill, what's wrong? And I just felt the guilt inside me taking over. And I just jumped out of bed and started crying. And I told her what had happened. Because I just could not hide the fact, even though I was trying in that moment, I just could not hide the fact that I was wrong. That I made a poor choice. You know, can we all just be honest for a moment? We all make poor choices. Every one of us, at some point in our life, at some point in our journey, we all make poor choices. And biblically speaking, these poor choices are called sins. They are choices that we make. They're actions that we commit to, or words that we choose to use that are opposite of the heart of God. In fact, the Apostle Paul, in the New Testament, in the letter to the Romans, he wrote this in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, can I just take a step back. I'm not trying to accuse anybody here. I'm not trying to to level in or highlight anybody's guilt. That's not our purpose here. That's not our goal. But at some point in our life, at some point in our journey, we all need to face the truth that I make poor choices, that I make mistakes, And if you're still kind of living in denial, and you're saying, Bill, come on, get off the soapbox. Stop telling me that I'm a sinner and all that crazy Jesus talk. Before you jump into that denial stance, can I just guide you through a little journey of the the Ten Commandments? You know, maybe you heard this before, but the Ten Commandments really highlight our um, level of poor choices. In fact, just to highlight a few of them, commandment number six, it says that you shall not murder. And in the New Testament, on the Sermon on the Mount, even Jesus said, if you treat someone with anger and lash out with them with hurtful words, you are guilty of murder. Commandment number seven says, you shall not commit adultery. And you say, Bill, I never did that. But then Jesus said in the New Testament, even if you look at a woman lustfully, you are guilty of adultery. Commandment number eight is, you shall not steal. Whether you physically stole something or you stole something that you know is not really yours on the internet webs, you know what I'm talking about. Our commandment number nine says, you shall not give false testimony or in better words, you shouldn't gossip. And I know sometimes that's a struggle for us, for all of us. And so can we just be honest in this moment? We all make poor choices. We all sin, every one of us. And the more we live in denial of that biblical truth, the more you will miss out on the reality of who God is and what God wants to do within your life. We all fall short of the heart of God. Every one of us, this isn't trying to accuse anybody. This isn't trying to lay on guilt trips, but we need to be honest. You will never be able to move forward with Jesus if you're not real with this fact, if you're not honest with your shortcomings. And these poor choices often bring unfortunate consequences into our life. You know what I'm talking about? Those poor choices you did and how they affect you or the consequences you brought in or the, or the other way it affects us and the relationships that we have. You know what that's going on, but don't miss this reality with these poor choices and the consequences that just seem to overwhelm us is this, poor choices lead us toward an encounter with Jesus. Every choice you make has the opportunity to bring you into, into the throne of God. Every poor choice you make brings you into the reality of who Jesus is. Our choices puts us face to face with the heart of God because in that moment, with every choice we make, we have an opportunity to choose the path of Jesus or choose our own, or, or choose our own journey. Every one of us, every choice we have, that's the reality reality of it. And on this week, we, we remember the fact that Jesus was crucified. And did you realize in that moment during the crucifixion of Jesus, there were three people who were brought into the story because of their poor choices. Because of the bad choices they made, they had encounters with the living God who was walking on earth. The first was a man by the name of Barabbas. He was a person that the world would have described as pure evil. In fact, if CNN or Fox News or social media existed back then, Barabbas would consume all the headlines. He would be the 2020 special. The people knew who he was because of the awful things that he did. And here's just some of the things that the Bible uses to describe this man Barabbas. The few things we know. Matthew 27, verse 16. The Bible says, at that time, they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas. And in Mark 15, 7, it says, A man called Barabbas was imprisoned with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the uprising. Make no mistake about it. What the Bible reveals in these short verses that highlights this man is this. Barabbas was a notorious prisoner. And in this moment, the crowd was going crazy. The crowd was in an uproar. A riot was about to happen. And all Pilate wanted to do, the governor of that area at that time, all he wanted to do was silence the crowd, was to put away the the riot, to stop the craziness. And he didn't want any part of this man, Jesus. He didn't want any part of what was about to happen. And so he knew at this time, their law gave the people an opportunity to make a choice to let someone in prison go free. And so Pilate grabbed the most notorious the most evil, the most despicable man he had in prison that everybody knew to stand beside Jesus, to give the people a choice. Because I believe in Pilate's heart, he was hoping that they would just choose Barabbas and they could just kind of go on their way. But surprising to Pilate, and I believe in surprising to this man, Barabbas, the crowd shouted out to crucify Jesus. Jesus. And then the Bible says in Matthew 27, verse 26, then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. And from there, we have absolutely no record of Barabbas. That's all we know him for. That's all we know him for. He was the man who stood beside Jesus and was released. But in that story, In that crucifixion story, we see firsthand the reality of grace in action. Because in that moment, Jesus, had who who acknowledged that he had full control of that situation, he could have called down his angels. He could have stopped it all, but he did not. Why? Because grace was moving. And in that moment... He allowed the crowd to choose Barabbas. In that moment, by Barabbas going free, Jesus revealed the ultimate reality of grace. Because grace sets us free. And it's so easy to look at how despicable that man was when we overlook the reality of the despicableness of our own heart. From there, I'm sure you know the story. not, read it. But fast forward a little bit. Jesus found himself on a cross. And the Bible says he was between two criminals. In fact, in Luke 23, verses 39 through 43, this is what's written of that part of the story. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God he said since you are under the same sentence we are punished justly for we are getting what we what our deeds deserve but this man has done nothing wrong then he said Jesus remember me when you come into your kingdom and Jesus answered him truly I tell you today you will be with me in paradise in this moment there were two criminals And as you read those verses, one criminal hurled insults at Jesus. And I wonder, because other places in the Bible kind of highlights all the passerbyers as well were hurling insults at Jesus. And I wonder, even on that cross, even in the reality of his own poor choices and the consequences of it, one One criminal maybe was still feeling a little bit of peer pressure by the environment he was in. But whatever it was, his attitude was still to hurl insults at the one person that could save him in that moment. And then there was the other criminal who rebuked that man for hurling insults and asked Jesus to remember him when he goes into his kingdom. And traditionally, that thief is known as the good thief. And Jesus told this good thief that he would be with him in heaven. You see, when we encounter Jesus, Jesus always offers a second chance. And when those second chances are offered, we always have a choice. Each criminal on that cross who hung side by side with Jesus, both men had a choice. Both of them did. Choose Jesus or deny him. One denied him and ended his life in destruction. One, although he was in a difficult circumstance, called out to Jesus and found the truth and found life. Make no no mistake about it your choices ultimately lead you into encounter with Jesus. You might be sitting there saying, Bill, okay, how does that happen for me? Because I'm not one of the criminals on the cross. I wasn't there the day he was crucified. I wasn't Barabbas. I'm not walking with Jesus. How does my choice lead me into an encounter with Jesus? Well, when Jesus rose and went back into heaven, he offered a good helper. The Bible describes this helper as the Holy Spirit. In John 16 verse 8, it is written, and he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. You see, God gave. Jesus gave the Holy Spirit to us that convicts us. So that little conscience, that little guilty conscience you have in your life, I don't believe that's by chance. I believe that is the Spirit of God. You are having an encounter with the living and active and breathing God who wants to guide you towards his heart, who wants to guide you just like that good thief to life. Because know this, my friends, Jesus gives second chances. Don't miss out on that. He gives second chances. That's what this week is all about. Jesus has given you the opportunity to have a second chance. Barabbas received a second chance. We don't know his story. We don't know what happened to him after that day. But there is one tradition And I'm not gonna stand here and proclaim that this tradition is true. I'm just gonna say it is a theory. But there's one tradition that suggests that when Barabbas was released, he went to Gagaltha where the cross stood and he watched the crucifixion of Jesus. All I can do is allow my mind to wonder that Barabbas in that moment had to think, What is it about this guy? What is it about him? What does he have? I wonder if Barabbas' life was changed. You know, the Bible says in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Before we ever made the right choice, Jesus came to give us a chance to give us an opportunity. The two thieves on the cross received a second chance. One chose to accept it and the other chose to deny it. And you have a chance because know this, what we do with our second chance defines us. It is. What you choose to do With your second chance is what defines you. Just think about the criminals. They're not defined by the choices they made by, by what put them on the cross. They're defined by what they did with their second chance. One was defined by the fact that he denied Jesus. The other one was defined as a good thief who accepted Jesus, who called out to Jesus. My friends, with your second choice, what will you allow to define you? You have that choice. Paul again wrote in Romans six twenty three: for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's read that one more time. Let this verse sink in for you. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, the wages, the things that we earn, what we do with our second chances, if we choose to go our own path rather than the path of Jesus, we earn ourselves death, not physical death, spiritual death, being separated from him for all eternity. But the gift of God is, look at that, life. You have a chance for life. No matter what this world throws at you, no matter what mistakes you have made, You have a second chance of life. And what you do with that choice will define you and your journey and your future. Our lives are ultimately defined by the choices we make. That's the fundamental reality of of this world. Our lives are ultimately defined by the choices we make. And we're either going to choose our own way or we're going to choose Jesus. And when you have an encounter with him, which path do you take? You know, every one of us, when we make poor choices, here's my plea to you. You've heard me say this before. You've got to make the next right choice. You've got to. Don't let this poor choice or this sin define you. In your second chance, make the next right choice. Be like the good thief. Call out to Jesus, who is the provider of life. My friends, it's time to get real with Jesus. It's time. This circumstance that we are in as a nation and as a world, I think it's calling us to get real with Jesus. Jesus didn't make this happen. Jesus isn't the one who's kind of bringing the hurt or pain. But Jesus is the source of life through it all. He is the provider of hope in the midst of uncertainty. What choice are you going to make? It's time to get real with him. Maybe you've been sitting there and your life has really been kind of a fake to Jesus. You've been kind of going through the motions, but you're not real with him. You really haven't been living for him. Why don't you make an opportunity now to get real with him? Get in a growth group. Find ways to serve him. It's time to be real with him. Maybe as a family, you're sitting there and you're like, boy, up to this point, all of our extracurricular activities and jobs and school and everything else has become our focus. And Jesus has really just been what we do on Sunday mornings. Now is the time to get real. Make prayer time a family opportunity. Read the Bible together. Make Jesus the cornerstone of your home. Don't miss this opportunity but I really want to speak to some of you out there. Maybe you're a part of impact or maybe you just started watching us online and you're not quite sure you know who Jesus is. Maybe you're sitting there in the quietness of your own home and you feel the spirit working on you right now. Maybe you're sitting there right now and you're just being real Bill. I need to be I need to be honest because up to this point, my choices, my poor choices and the consequences of their choices have been what defines me. My friends, it's time to get real with Jesus. It's time to give your life to him. It's time to give it all to him. And I'm asking you right now in this moment to come into a full relationship with Jesus. Know this, he is the provider of life. And you'll never understand or experience the fullness of what he provides until you give it all to him. And I would love for you to take this opportunity to get to know him. And if that's you, And you need to give your life to Jesus. Or you just know, Bill, I've been making poor choices. It's time for me to get real. Or I want to give my life to Jesus. Can you just reach out to us? You can email me. You can reach out through us through the the website that you're on or go to impactpittsburgh.com. But don't miss this opportunity. We'd love to talk to you right now to begin this journey to, into a full relationship with Jesus so that you can experience him like the good thief, that although his world was falling apart, it didn't matter, why? Because he was going to have life for all eternity. And you can have that too. Some of you, it's time to give your life to Jesus. It's time to accept his offer of a second chance and experience the fullness of who he is. And please know this, through everything that's going on, God's got this and God's got you. Let's pray together.